Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lynn, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hung. The world of technology and healthcare are ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news meshed together in new ways which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. On today's episode, we'll be discussing if AI has finally arrived in healthcare. And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 16 years of health IT blog content at healthcareittoday.com. So are you real or are you a robot, Colin? <laughs> I think it depends. It depends on what day and what time you ask. <laughs> I, you know, I say that because people have often said that about my Twitter account. They're like, is that really you? Is that a bot? And it's like, no, nah, it's mostly me. <laughs> There's a little auto posting. That's fair. But uh, yeah, it, it's funny when people are like, you just are there all the time and so many accounts. How do you do it? And yeah, a little bit of automation helps, but uh, yeah, for the most part, it's just an addiction. <laughs> <laughs> well, first step submitting it, John. First step submitting it. Thanks for, we'll do, we should do a 12 steps episode, but anyway. <laughs> so artificial intelligence, AI, the pixie dust, the magic pixie dust that's been spread across everything in healthcare IT for the last little while. Is it finally here? I think that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, it's it's a good question, right? And you know, I think some of it goes down to terminology. If you use like the really narrow definition of AI, which is the the machine actually thinking, then the answer is it's not here. <laughs> like <laughs> it's not really here at all. Right. But if we use the marketing version of the term, and since you're a marketer, we're allowed to use that for this entire episode. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Now, uh, the marketing version of the term AI, which you see on, you know, every sign at HIMSS or other conferences, uh, yeah, it's definitely here, but it really is including other things like machine learning and even data analytics, business intelligence. I actually just got off, uh, got off a, a CIO podcast and they won a HIMSS Davies Award and it was a scoring system for sepsis. They had a number of other things and he's like, this is not AI and machine learning. <laughs> He's like, this is just a simple scoring system with, you know, notification and all that. Right. And it was an important differentiation, although it produced amazing results. And so, you know, I think that's where we're at as far as AI in healthcare. If you include the machine learning and the data analytics, it's definitely there. And even some automation, right? If you use a automation as AI, robotic, robotic process automation, then it's definitely there. If you do it intelligence where it's thinking for us and proactively thinking no we're not there <laughs> yeah I, I agree with you i think you know using the technical definition of ai it we're not even close to that in healthcare and i don't see us getting close in the next few years of that uh, which sort of begs the question do we really need ai in the classic sense or do we need all this other stuff right the machine learning the pattern recognition the nlp the the analytics as you said so um you know one part of me, you know, wants to answer the question from a marketing standpoint. Absolutely, AI is here. You know, AI is everywhere. It's baked into a lot of the applications that you see. Is it true AI from the scientific standpoint? No, um, and I think that's okay. You know, I don't think, I don't think healthcare was in a rush to implement fully intelligent 
uh, algorithms and those kinds of things. I mean, we can't even get interoperability running. So, you know, let's, <laughs> let's start with the stuff that you're talking about. Let's start with the analytics. Let's start with, you know, the machine learning type stuff and draw some insights from that. And we'll still have an amazing application, right? Yeah. R2-D2 is a little disappointed behind you that, uh, you know, you're talking about AI this way. But uh, <laughs> it is interesting, though, you know, they bring up R2-D2 because I'm seeing more and more robots in hospitals as well, whether it's delivering medications or whether it's, you know, sanitizing different areas or, you know, all sorts of different applications for robots. So I think we're actually going to see an evolution there where they do have some smart systems, right? And we all have them in our homes now with the... The, uh, the Zumba, you know, Roomba, right. whatever it's called. I think I just messed up a exercise. But anyways, you know what I mean? That the sweeps our floor that has a really intelligent system of how it sweeps the floor. And we're starting to see some of that in the hospitals, delivering medications to different areas, delivering other, you know, other, you know, supplies that may be needed in certain areas. I think that's an interesting place, which is closer to true AI because it is thinking for itself and knowing, okay, what are the levels at? What do they need to be? What was ordered? What's going to be ordered? Predicting it. I mean, that's pretty, that's a pretty good level of intelligence. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think we're far away from the day when a robot is going to diagnose you uh, or, or AI is going to, to do something on that level, what a doctor does today. I think, you know, unfortunately, IBM Watson has proven that, right? Like we're, we're far away. One day we'll get there, but we're not there today. I think but, the exception is radiology, though. The yeah, radiology you know, imaging stuff does pretty good, and it's pretty solid. The problem is we expect perfection out of technology, and we, you know, we don't with humans. So that's why it hasn't gotten there. Yeah, and I think you know, you know, we, we were talking about it before we got on air here that you know, augmenting what we're doing today through these algorithms, absolutely. Like what you're talking about there with radiology, being able to detect an abnormal image or being able to flag an image and say, hey, something's, you might want to take a look at this because I detect as the algorithm, something is different here or matches some previous uh, um, some previous uh, scans that we've done and, and things that are you know consistent with people who have cancer and so forth. I think, but it's still got to go to a radiologist, right? Like it's still going to go to a radiologist, mm -hmm. kind of look at it and make sure, right? And so I think, but I think it's great. I mean, it is helpful and it is beneficial, but it's more augmentation of what we're doing as opposed to replacing a human person, at least in the diagnosis world. Yeah. The problem is uh, I think of my, I have a Frisbee friend who's a radiologist. And so we often talk about this subject and he's tried a couple different systems that have an AI based identification of things he should do. And he's like, well, it's just so much faster for me to do it myself. And he's right. Like that's actually the nature of every technology we adopt. In the beginning, it is faster for you to just do it. But over time, as it gets better and as it learns from you and it learns from those mistakes, then that's not the case. The question is, where's that tipping point where we start saying, oh no, actually I trust the AI more than I trust a human for, you know, a whole subset of, of reads on radiology reports, like that's going to happen. It's just how quickly and what will, will it miss and how will we handle the fallout of what it does miss, you know, and how will we address that? Right. But I think AI in healthcare is actually going to mirror AI in other industries, right? Like you're talking about an autonomous robot, right? That one is able to wander around and go to the right room, deliver the right medication. Well, the same thing happens on a manufacturing floor plant, like the same kind of robot, exactly. right? Yeah. Um, you'll, you'll maybe have one day a robotic gurney that does the same thing, right? And 
uh, or, or something related to AI smarts in the HVAC system that is able to control where the air needs to go and doesn't need to go and be able to make the hospital more efficient. I think AI in those applications, which is sort of more universal, it's sort of beyond healthcare, I definitely think healthcare will adapt and use those because it's going to be proven elsewhere, right? Yeah, um, that's but, true. But healthcare specific AI, I think we're not quite there yet for sure. Yeah, we've seen some really interesting stuff, which this is an element of AI, at least machine learning in the systems, you know, monitoring patients in the room. Now, there's certainly bed sensors and there's some AI on top of it to try to predict, you know, is there deterioration of health and things like that. But some of the more interesting ones are like they even have like a LIDAR system that is watching the room and watching for movement. And it's watching for, you know, who came into the room, who came out, uh, you know, and then they also have camera ones doing it as well. And, hey, are they getting up? And, oh, this person's a fall risk. So why are they getting up? Let's notify it, right? And, and that is some actual AI, some intelligence that's looking at the data and saying, okay, that movement was just them rolling over in the bed versus, hey, this is them standing up. And that is a very different uh, thing that it's identifying. So, there's, I mean, that's actually the beauty of AI in this case is that it can be applied to everything in this automation, this learning, this understanding of data. The question is, where are we going to do it? And how do we do this, you know, across a very complicated health system? John, do you think we've sort of been held back from, apply, um, from um, deploying AI in healthcare? Like, is there anything that's sort of being a barrier to its acceptance or its adoption mm -hmm. here? Yeah, I mean, I think there is a cultural thing it says, oh, well, do no harm, right? That means we shouldn't take any risk. That, that's kind of what's been described there, but which isn't fair. It's, it's not fair to the AI because, you know, humans have do no harm and they do lots of harm, right? So, you know, I think we have to be careful there. So I think that's one. The second is the data. Uh, just having access to the data and the quality of the data has just not been there to do what we would have wanted to do. And so I think the data is going to be still a, a big barrier. And then I think the third one is we have so much low hanging fruit that analytics is enough to really make an impact that we haven't needed to tap neural networks to understand <laughs> something else. Right. So I, I think yeah, those are my top three. Yeah, I definitely agree with that third one of yours. That was going to be my number one. I, I think healthcare has got so far to go through no fault of its own in the sense of, I don't blame healthcare for where it is. It's just, it is where it is. Mm -hmm. But I think we can get so much more effectiveness and benefit out of some simpler technologies that don't, all, don't go all the way through to a neural network uh, or to, you know, the sophisticated AI algorithms. You know, let's start doing that a little bit more. Let's start using more data analytics. Let's start using a little bit more of those kinds of tools and get the benefit. And then we can move to the next phase of, you know, being ready for AI, as you mentioned. So will the I, next I, phase hop over though? Like, you know what I mean? Like, cause that's what happens with technology. A lot of times, you know, Oh, just good enough, do small things. And then someone comes along with an AI powered EHR that now auto documents, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Does value-based care in a better way. And then there's like, well, why do I have my EHR? This looks way better. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's going to be the case or maybe even new technologies come in that are on top of the hr which is still just the billing system i, I don't know it'll be interesting to see i you know also i think that there is a gap between expectation and what is being delivered um, mm. you made that point before i think maybe we are expecting too much out of ai and ai today is not ready to deliver that 
right? And so because of it, we're not willing to adopt sort of, well, I'll just wait until it gets better, right? I'll yeah. just wait until I can get that, that vision that I have in my head about what AI should be able to do for me. So I don't need to, I won't adopt it right now. I wonder if that's another factor in, in why AI has not been more widely adopted, at least on the clinical side of that. That's a great way to describe it, right? It, it's just, it, it's that fear that it's like well it's not what i thought it should be so it can add value but it wasn't what i thought it was so maybe i should wait till it gets there rather than accepting that hey perfection is the enemy of good and moving on <laughs> hey if you're just tuning in you're listening to healthcare it today with john lynn and colin hung today we're discussing whether or not ai has finally arrived in healthcare so john um Let's get to some fun stuff here. <laughs> what companies, what health IT companies specifically, uh, do you see leveraging AI effectively? Um, every company. <laughs> I don't know. You, you ruined me with the effectively at the end. <laughs> I, I mean, it is interesting, right? Like, is there a health IT company that doesn't have an AI strategy? It's like. True. I, I, I think it would be a mistake to not, right? And not to have some sort of effort in this regard. Uh, you know, I mean, and, and we've seen it across so many things, all the way from AI scrubs analysis of how many scrubs you should have available, which is just insane to me, right? But uh, when you watch it, you're like, actually, no, it makes sense because that's a really expensive thing for an organization and they need to manage it properly. But yeah, I mean, there's a, a few that come to mind. Uh, Lirio is one that I think has been interesting and, you know, trying to do like true AI learning rather than just, you know, basic analytics stuff. So I think they're interesting. The leader actually in all of this is NVIDIA. NVIDIA is what's going to power a huge chunk of all this AI that's happening. And so they're really going to be the workhorse behind it, but they're creating some tools that anyone can tap into. So we talked about data access is a problem and how you, know, you need the data to train the AI engine or you need the data to, you know, to test the AI engine or you need the data to be able to do it, you know, whatever. NVIDIA has been working on that. So if you want to train it on medical terms, they can already do that. They already have all the medical terminology and they've trained the AI engine to understand the medical terminology. So you know, they're the ones pushing it forward, I think, and are going to be that engine underneath thousands of health IT companies that, you know, with their GPUs that are able to process everything that needs to be processed to do this effectively. Yeah, those are those are good ones, John. Um, my mind goes to, you know, a couple of more administrative uh, style AIs. Of course, I think of AI being used in the revenue cycle side, right? Um, you know, Coral mm -hmm. Health recently, you know, was featured in a class spotlight report for their autom autonomous coding, right? So they have an AI engine that sort of looks at the way doctors document and is able to quickly translate that into the proper coding and, and so forth for, for billing. So I definitely see some applications there. And, and again, it's because it's so focused and not in the clinical area, so to speak. I think, you know, people are adopting it. And, and in fact, that's what the spotlight report was saying is that people who have adopted it have definitely seen some benefit to using this form of AI. Um, another company that I bumped into recently, Lintas, 
right? They're using AI to optimize and maximize the use of ORs, which of course is mm. really important right now to try and get the, through the backlog, right? But they look at past historical information, but also, um, you know, how and each of the surgeons operate and when they have to operate and the timings and all that kind of stuff. So it's a mixture of ML and AI, but really helping organizations optimize the use of their ORs at a time when they've got to do more with less and got to maximize the utilization of that precious resource. Yeah, I see it also happening at the digital front door. And yeah, I think the obvious one is the symptom checkers. They've gotten pretty good. I mean, they are kind of a, a system of if then questions. So I don't know if it's full AI yet, but they're going to mature quickly, I think. And, and that's going to be interesting to see how much are we going to trust these symptom checkers to mm. route us to the right care and it's gotten more complicated do we even trust it covid's ruined some of the trust there so you know will that we will we trust an ai or in fact maybe i trust an ai more than a human because of that i, I don't know you know i think that's going to be an interesting space you know to see but we're also seeing the ai applied to who needs to be outreached to as part of these communication systems as part of the digital front door making sure you come back for your wellness visit for your mammogram for you know your follow-up visit the ai is starting to do that and you know I, I love it care cognetics talks about digital workers and i think that's a really cool way to look at ai is saying how can i deploy these digital workers to be able to solve some of the problems that we you know either don't have the staff to do or you know the scale of the problem is just too much you can't scale humans to our, our friend um Linda Stotsky always talks about this with Boston Software Solutions, right? And, and using robotic process automation and, you know, this digital worker concept, if you will, I don't think that's how they frame it, but, you know, <laughs> automating those processes for people so that they can do it so much more efficiently. And, you know, I think in the past we would have looked at this and said, oh, you're coming for my job. But the answer now is like, no, we have to do this because I'm sick of doing five people's job and I'm not going to survive because we can't hire enough people. So we need to hire the technology to come and augment what I'm doing. Yeah, I wrote about that recently in an article where you know AI once was seen as the enemy, right? It was the enemy of, of what I do because you're coming for my job. And now it's like a savior because you know, you're taking one of the nine jobs I have away from me and, and, you know, and that's a good thing because we're all doing so much more these days because we don't have the resources, we don't have the people there. And so, yeah, I, I think uh, this, we, we could be in the golden age of AI without realizing it, where people are now like, I have to implement these things because I got to take some workload off somebody. Uh, yeah. and, right. Well, how does ambient clinical voice and that technology fit into this AI discussion? In some ways, it's like a virtual scribes. And class just came out with a report about virtual scribes. I was like, should they have included <laughs> all these ambient clinical voice solutions, which are kind of a virtual scribe with some AI on the back end? You know, the, the Suki CEO one time told me, he said, hey, if we're effective at doing ambient clinical voice, we essentially have replaced the doctor. I don't know if that's fully true, but it is interesting to think about because if we're literally able to take the full conversation and document everything that's being done, then did we just create a doctor? You know, not quite because the doctor is saying some things that the AI is picking up, but there's definitely an element there of like, okay, well, how far are we? 
And how far are we going to go with these ambient clinical voice that are listening and doing the documentation for you? You know, I love the space because I want this to happen in a big way because we all will celebrate and, and have a party that we don't have to deal with the minutia of documentation. But the question is, will the AI be able to? Suki CEO says he didn't think so. He's using it in other ways to automate the documentation. But, you know, he's, he's like, no, you can't do all of it, which I think is an interesting discussion. Yeah, I mean, I, I lump, I, I use the marketing term, as you well know, of AI, right? So I lump NLP as a, as a variation of AI or under the AI umbrella. And so when you look at uh, tools like Nuance's DAX product and so forth, I lump that, I consider that AI because it is taking something that a human is doing and mm -hmm. then automating it, which in this case was, was scribing, but it's doing it in an intelligent way. It's not just sort of doing a transcription, right? It's actually interpreting what the patient is saying. It's interpreting what the doctor is saying, putting the, it, the information in a con coherent manner into the EHR or whatever it's doing in the back end there. So. I definitely think it's AI. And I definitely think, you know, we're all very much anxiously looking forward to the day that it's more ubiquitous and, and more flawless than it is today. I mean, I have heard stories about DAX being very successful. Um, I've heard there's been some learning curves to it as well. But the point is, at least it's being tried, right? These people are starting to adopt it. And that's a great step forward for this technology. Yeah. And I'm grateful that 3M, which bought M Modal, is in on the fight a little bit. Although, you know, I'd love to see them do more because I think competition matters in this space. So, uh, you know, the more competition, the better from from a, a, a patient perspective. <laughs> so, so John, where where in healthcare do you think we need to use AI more? Yeah. So, I, the one I would love to see more of is in the view of the documentation. So, right now, you know, when you look at EHRs. They all look kind of the same. You can customize which dashboard you want. And, you know, Advanced MD's done some cool stuff in how they display some of the data that I think was interesting. I wrote an interesting article about that and featured some of the, I think they call them donuts, right? And you can kind of see the donut and how you're doing. It's interesting. You know, there are some cool things there. But, you know, for the most part, you know, it's like, here's all the data on a patient. And we know that that's not how it should be done. Like if, if we were designing the best system, we would look at it and say, well, the doctor only needs these relevant things. And if you ask a doctor, they know what things they need for that situation. And so we need the EHR vendors really because they are controlling the interface and for, you know, for good or bad. If they want to open up their APIs, then this would happen in a really interesting way with a bunch of entrepreneurs who would go in there and do this for them, but they haven't done that, at least to the extent they need to for someone to redo that interface. And so they need to, I would love to see them dive into how smart they make it. And they're going to get kickback in a big way because the doctor's going to be like, wait, my blood pressure was always at the top in the red and the whatever, you know? And when they start making it smart, the doctors are going to be like, wait, you messed this up. I used, used to that. And so that that's why they haven't done it. I don't think, uh, but I would love to see that, you know, the, the data presented to the doctor in a much smarter way. And maybe they start with one area of that interface to say, Hey, here's the smart UI that we think of what you'll need. And then over here, you can have the more static stuff that you're used to. That may be a way to kind of wade into that area. Hmm. Interesting. I'm going to take a completely different tact from you and say, you know, the area I would love to see more use of AI 
in healthcare is actually on the cybersecurity side. Mm. Right? I would I would love to see more AI being deployed in terms of protecting the network, protecting the data, making sure that the applications are up and running and the systems are, are available and those kinds of things. So I see AI used for infrastructure management. Uh, I mean, when I say infrastructure, I mean IT infrastructure, but yeah. it could be extended to physical infrastructure too. But but more on that side of things, because, you know, as we know, attacks are getting much more sophisticated. They are using AI, right, on that side uh, of the house. It's it's time that healthcare and businesses in general adopt that, uh, use AI for defense. And we're starting to see that, obviously, with some of the products that are coming out from, from companies, right, like NetScout and, and, um, and others are, um, you know, so yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing more of that on the infrastructure side. Yeah, and we've seen a little like VMware has done some on their virtual machines and who they're communicating with and tracking that and understanding it and profiling it. And then when it does something different, it flags it and warns people that, hey, something might be going on here that we need to be checked out. You know, we've seen it in some of the EHR audit logs, right, where they have deployed some AI and machine learning on top of it to understand like, oh, wait, so this person never accesses this and now they did. Is that a potential breach? So we're seeing a little bit of it, but you're right. Uh, when you look at the volume of attacks, no human is going to be able to do that. It's going to have to take an AI engine to be able to address it. So that is a big area. Definitely. Definitely. I think the other last one I will say is the area that you talked about before. I'd love to see more AI in the patient experience side of things, whether that's on the communication, the check-in, you know, all those kinds of things, the reminders that go out to say, hey, you know, based on your profile, you might want to come in and have this done. Mm -hmm. uh, those to me is another area that we definitely need more AI. So you're sick of calling in for appointments. You'd rather uh, schedule an appointment with a bot. Is that what you I, just said? I, I would just be, I'm Canadian. So I would just be happy with a doctor texting me. I mean, that'll, that'll, be, that'll be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's an interesting balance, right? Uh, you know, I, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, we've talked about before. I'm the self-checkout guy that wants to do it myself. So I want to go in and schedule my appointments, optimize myself as well. Uh, but, you know, I know there's some people who love to call and just get the appointment that way. And, and I also, you know, I mean, for as much as I am a self-service kind of person, sometimes there are times, you know, I was just doing rental cars and I knew I could do it online, but it was a last minute thing. And I had to make sure did they actually have what I needed. And so it was necessary for me to get on the phone to make sure I didn't just book it and then get there and there wasn't a car. The same thing happens in healthcare. Sometimes we need to talk to the person. We can't just rely on the technology. And so it's a, it's a fun balance. It is. It is indeed. Hey, listen, thanks to all of you who tuned into this episode of Healthcare IT Today. You can find out more details about our show by checking out the program's page on healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on Twitter using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hung with my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lee. Thanks for listening and have a great week.